Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, this is Kevin Ball and you're listening to the Wise Men Say podcast. Welcome along to the Wise Men Say podcast where we are taking a look back to the final days of Roker Park. Two eventful seasons, 95-96 and 96-97. We'll see how we go. We're just going to record it and um, possibly break it into two parts um, or just leave it as one long part. Um, so joining me you'll, tonight you'll find out, is... You'll you, near the end. Yeah, we'll find out. We'll just <laughs> war with it and see what happens. Uh, that was a voice. Um, of a man whose admin opportunities are surely limited by the lockdown, and that is Gareth Barger. I'm enjoying it. I'm at the break. Are you? It's like a yeah. I mean, it's like the the bit you know pre-season admin will be on the horizon probably. Isn't it? So, <laughs> and then obviously we'll be in the full administration season, you know, down the line. So, mm. looking forward to the return of admin, but it's a welcome break from admin as well. <laughs> And uh, a man who was just starting his match day experience during this period. He was, he was, uh, he's the youngest here, so he was, he was just a kid, and he was probably more interested in drinking his blue pop than trying to grow <laughs> curtains like Martin Smith or Mickey Gray. Although he's got them now, and uh-huh. that's Craig Clark. <laughs> Out of hand. Yeah. Hello. Hello. Yeah. I was. I was probably well in '95. I was only nine. So. Really. So it's yeah. just a start for you. Right, and me, a junior, yeah. Well, we're, we're at different, we're at different stages of the, of the, uh, of the age timeline, well, aren't we? Well, um, well, we could have a, we could have a general chat about all that before we get stuck into it. Yeah, you know about. Mm-hmm. Uh, finally, for those listeners who may not have experienced the delights of Rotor Park, which is probably quite a few. Yeah, yeah. Given the, dem- yeah, given the demographic, given the demographic of the people who probably listen to the show, mm-hmm. and we're all reminiscing as fans, of course. But we thought we'd get somebody in who was in the dressing room at the time. He lived the dream from the terraces to the dressing room, and that's Lee Howie. Hi. Hello. You okay? Glad, glad to try to reminisce. <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> I've had to give me head a knock so I'll see if I can remember yeah. some of it because uh, it's uh, it would, it's a long time ago. Yeah, now it is. seems it. Yeah, so he probably pro- probably took quite a few elbows to the head in that era as well. So it's, you know, it's probably. Uh, I give a few yeah. myself as well. So it wasn't. You know, I kind of. I'm not. I'm not totally innocent. Did you take more elbows to the head when you were playing for Plainsy rather than when you were a pro? Ooh, good question. Uh, I, I learned very quickly, Steve. I think that was the thing. I think I took a few early doors, and then I thought, sod this. So then I think that's where it all came from. So I just took that experience into the, the pro game. Okay, well, the start of the um, well, we're actually, we'll start at the end of uh, Gareth suggested starting the end of the ninety four ninety five season, which is a good shout because that's when Peter Reid arrived. He arrived and he had seven games 
to save us from relegation from what is now the championship. 25 years ago last month, lads, you know, can you believe that? Jeez. Oh, God. It's crazy, isn't it? It's really, really bad. Um, also, what made me feel terrified was Peter Reid was actually my age when he took the job. He was yeah, 39. Well, I was thinking about that because I mean, he was sort of not long out of the, the early 90s fad of the, the player manager, wasn't he? Um, yeah. Obviously, he was, a, he was a player manager at Man City, mm-hmm. um, and it was quite. That was the year of the player manager, wasn't it? That sort of like around ninety two, ninety three, ninety four. <clears throat> obviously, Brian Robson, um, Doug Leach, yeah. Um, brought obviously Robson famously with his um, photo <laughs> shoot where he had um, socks and football boots and shorts on his bottom half and a suit mm. jacket and tie yeah, on the yeah. uh, on the top half for his um, <laughs> it's great for his photo. like reveal shot, which is like. <laughs> It's great, you don't really like. get, you don't really get them now, do you? Player managers nah. to say. Nah. Now you get a lot of managers who don't seem to have really done much as a player, if anything. <laughs> it's true, isn't it? I mean, some like Mourinho, for instance. You know, yeah. wasn't yeah. exactly like a household name as a player, was he? So, Wenger, mm. not a household yeah. name as a player. Mm. Successful managers. But anyway, we're, we're drifting, aren't we? We're, in, uh, we're drifting. Of, uh... Yeah, we've got a lot to get through, so we don't want to start <laughs> we're, drifting. We're going down that rabbit hole another time. And, uh, <laughs> um, I mean, you know, we, we lost 2 0 at Barnsley, and it was a midweek game, which I'm sure Lee remembers. Um, Brett Angel made his debut, Lee. I don't know if he was brought in to replace you initially. He did. Um, uh, yeah. in, if you, if you, it was the windiest day, or night, should I say, I've ever, ever known, is it for a football match? And I think it was, I uh, can't remember who now was, it might have been Darius, took a throw in from just, I would say, just inside the Barnsley half first in the, on the, in the first half. And he threw it, and Brett nearly got a touch on it, and bounced and went in the goal. And Brett could have been Brett's at first goal or only goal for Sunderland. And uh, so it got disallowed, and then we ended up getting absolutely battered. I mean, it was, it was a horrendous gear. Yeah. And it was the end for Mick Buxton and we've mentioned this on the podcast before but probably something that sums up Sunderland and uh, bad admin which Gareth won't, won't appreciate um, was that Dominic Matteo played that game and we were very <laughs> yeah. lucky to avoid being docked points which would have relegated us. You have yeah. memories of that Lee? I mean you mustn't have known him in the dressing yeah, room I very long. Dominic, I remember Dominic coming in, it, it, it was a top lad, top lad Dominic uh, got on with the lads really really well uh, and again, before we knew it, he was in, and then he was gone. Uh, obviously, because there'd been, the, the, but I think with, within the ground and within the uh, the club, I think it was it was known that probably we wouldn't be dock points, and it was just like a bit of a slap on the wrist. I'm not sure we just got a bit of a fine. I think that was all. Mm. I think, uh, yeah, it, it wasn't seen as any like you know old skullduggery or anything. Like <laughs> I think it was just a, a genuine mistake. Yeah, well, it's a mistake. It should it should never happen, and, and only Sunderland could probably do that. I don't know what it was. It forgot to register him or something, didn't it? Uh, I can't remember the exact specific details, but um, he went on to have a good career, of course, Dominic Matteo. So that was that was an interesting one. But Mick Buxton was sacked after that, Lee, and people were very fearful for our our place in in that division at the time. We were we were in free fall, weren't we? Yeah, I mean the whole. You, we, we, you've lived through. I, I, I was there. Um, I mean, mixed football was 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 absolute dross. I mean, it was if I mean if we, that was all. It was just like do not lose. So we we drew a lot of games and got beat. You know, maybe one nil or two nil. So maybe not heavy 
defeats, but it was it was never gonna <laughs> it was never gonna uh, never gonna work. Eventually, we we went on a bit of a bad run and we were plummeting. And I mean, this was off the back of Newcastle um, steamrolling this division a couple of years earlier. Kevin Keegan, charismatic manager, charismatic personality, really, really famous footballer. And, you know, they took off. And then Gareth alluded to Brian Robson there and that famous photo of him in half his manager's kit and half a playing kit. And Middlesbrough did the same. And, you know, we were just, we were getting left behind in terms of the North East, never mind the rest of England. And then it was important we brought in someone with charisma and just to give the place a lift and, 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 and Peter Reid was that person and, and when did you find out about that and what was he like the first time you met the players? Uh, we, he was a, absolutely a breath of fresh air. I mean, for me personally, it wasn't great because he never played us. He, <laughs> the first When he first came, he just, uh, I think Mick, uh, no, sorry, Mick uh, Hartley, I can't remember his first name now, uh, Hartley was anyway, was the assistant for uh, Mick McCarthy. Uh, and so Mick McCarthy for Mick Buxton, and uh, he was the one that uh, virtually was in in Reedy's ear for the first, and I, I, me and Tre- Trevor Hartley never really got on. Uh, so for, for me, but you just knew all of a sudden it was short sided games. It was it was it was just fast and furious training. Training was fun. It was more head tennis. All of a sudden it was let's enjoy our football. Yeah, we've got seven games to go, lads. Just let's enjoy it. Let's give everything we got. And it was it was it just it just breathed a bit of life back into the club. I mean, within minutes. I mean, like within like a first training session. Yeah, I mean, I think he, he took, when you when you think about it as well, you know, when he when he arrived. It's 1995, so, I mean, he was playing the World Cup nine years ago. You know, he'd won the league with Everton nine years ago. And we were going from, you know, I know we'd had Butcher before Buxton, and he was a name, obviously. You know, and he'd, he'd been, you know, playing at a high level. And, you know, and he'd been, you know, Reid had managed, he'd done quite well at Man City, I seem to recall. Like, yeah. he had the, the finish top after. To finish the finish fifth or sixth or something, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so... Yeah. It's a, really when you look at it, you know the, we were, you know, nineteenth, twentieth in the in the second division, and we managed to get him to come to Sunderland. You know, I was young at the time. I remember seeing it in the Echo, and there was a lot of like buzz around the fact we'd managed to attract yeah. Peter Reid. Um, I can I can just remember his 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 sort of interviews on the news and on the radio, and charisma is the word you would use. And I can remember as a kid. I, I mean, I was. 14 at this point so I, I can remember everything quite clearly and it just seemed like yes finally we've, we've got you know we've got somebody who, who seems really positive and and it was just the way he conducted himself and he carried himself when he was getting interviewed that you wanted to hear he was really engaging he got your attention he got you interested again and of course Lee the most important thing he won his first two games um, yeah. which, which was crucial uh, the first one, uh, Craig Russell come off the bench again, Sheffield United and scored a, a goal that the full end seemed to just suck the ball behind the line. Um, yeah. I, rem- I remember that day. Like, I, I remember like Steve Agnew taking corners and like it was so windy. Just remember <clears> like the, the corner flags were like horizontal, and then obviously <clears> like when he went through and it hit the keeper, obviously the wind. Just pulled it. Obviously, like you say, it was like you know everyone said the full end sucked the ball into the net, but. Because it was such a windy day, it just seemed to grab the ball out the air and like drop it into the net. Um, I still like really vividly remember like 
that uh, that goal, like watching yeah. Craig Russell go through the middle, um, and that like moment where the ball, like everyone's like, oh, he's missed, and that noise goes up with the, for the crowd, and then it was slowly realised that the ball was going in, mm. um, and it did feel like, you know, like everyone talks about new manager bounce and all that, but I do remember the time it was, you know, the the, the team sort of had a life brain into it, and you had. You know, Martin Smith like came to prominence, didn't he, in that last five, six, yeah. seven games of the season. Yeah. It was just really it was just terrific at man management. He was one of these that you would see and wander off with Craig or or with uh, Smudge Martin Smith and just put his arm around them, Audi as well. You know, the local lads and he just he just was virtually like you know, took the took the weight of the world off the shoulders a, a little bit and just says go out and play and it, and it made a hell of a difference. It was almost like the 90s, you were saying, Gareth, about being the sort of era of the player-manager, but it was also, that was the managerial style that was really successful for a while, wasn't it? I mean, mm. Keegan, talking about him, it wasn't tactics with Keegan, was it? It was it was force of personality, character, and with Reed, it was just a different sort of version of that. I thought it was a bit weird that he, I hadn't realised that he'd went to play for Southampton between managing Southampton, uh, sorry, managing City and us, He's kind of out of managerial work for a bit as well. What was it like when, like, going back to when he came in? Like, were people thinking, looking at his record at City as a manager and thinking, oh, he's got pedigree? Or were they looking and thinking more about the fact that he was, like, when we got Roy Keane as manager, looking at his playing, sort of his stature as a player? Or was it a bit of both? No, I mean, we... uh, (laughs) We obviously knew him from the City job and and, and, and doing a good job there, but... You, you, but for us it was it was Peter Reid. I mean, you yeah. know that successful Everton side. You know the, the the character he was on the on the pitch, and obviously for England. So for us as well, because you remember us football lads, we were only football fans ourselves, and it wasn't long since we were, you know, watching them playing for England. So yeah. again, he, he just had that aura a bit a bit like you know Terry Butcher, in a yeah. way where he turns in a room and you know who he is. And so far, unfortunately, with, for, for Terry, his man management skills were poor, but really, mm. really added spot on. And when he ever he's asked now about the most important goal in his time as Sunderland manager, we mentioned the Craig Russell one against Sheffield United. We played Swindon in in a battle against the you know there were the two sides who still had a chance to steal up, weren't there? I think Burnley and a couple of others had already gone down. I think four teams got relegated that season from memory, and we finished fifth off bottom. And we played Swindon at Roker Park. Martin Smith scored the winner. Um, which is a which was a goal that was crucial, really. I, I remember because, that. I remember that really vividly. Well, from for, from this moment though, like from the end of this season, for the next twenty one years, Sunderland would never finish lower than third in the second tier of English football. Where we'd it's been amazing that we'd been battling a stay in it. So that is how Peter Reid changed Sunderland. And yeah. if it wasn't for the ineptitude of the last couple of years. Um, you know, we would say, oh, and we've never returned there. But obviously, you know, we've managed to bottle out somehow. Um, but that just shows the, the impact he had. And we'll take our listeners now to the summer um, of 
In, in the summer of 95, British forces were sent to Sarajevo and Bosnia to help defend against Serbian forces. And John Major won a leadership contest for the Conservatives, if anybody cares about that. Um, <laughs> Terry Butcher, previously Leah, tried to get rid of players like Gary Owens, like Gordon Armstrong. And, yeah. and those kind of players didn't really work and he had to end up relying on them again. Um, Peter Reid, through the course of that season, Martin Gray, Gary Bennett, John Kerr, Tony Norman, Derek Ferguson, Gordon Armstrong, Brian Atkinson, they've all gone out, yeah. either on loan initially and then, and then leaving full term. This is the old school, really. You just said you yeah. weren't in the team at first. Were, were you, did you have a conversation no, that I, yeah. I, again, you know, like I, I did with Mick Buxton when uh, Brett got signed, I, I just was straight up to the room, you know, banging on his door, kind of say the gaffer. Uh, I'd been virtually involved ever since I'd signed for Sun and yeah, been quite a lot on the bench, but I was always involved somehow. If I wasn't injured, if it was, you know, I'd be on the bench at, at the very least. Uh, so and he came in and it was I think three games in and I I wasn't even on the bench, didn't even get a sniff. So obviously I went to see him. And true to his word, and that's why, you know, in the end, I'd have ran through a brick wall because he just, he just said, "Look, Lee, I haven't really seen you play. Uh, you'll get a chance next season. I'll be keeping you. Uh, you'll not be going out on loan, alone or anything like that. You come back, come back strong, and then we'll have a look, and then we'll take it from there. And then, and to be fair, my career in terms of that year in the Premier League without getting injured, that was probably the best time of my career as well with, with Sunderland. Some interesting signings he made in that in, in that summer. Uh, John Mullen, he signed from Burnley for £5,000. He was a 19-year-old kid who... Um, I always liked him, um, but he, he didn't really get his chance that season anyway, but scored a significant goal and, uh, and a couple of significant goals the season after. The interesting one is Paul Bracewell he brought back. Obviously, big mates with Paul Bracewell. Now, yeah. Paul Bracewell was hated by Sunderland fans at this time because he left <laughs> and went to Newcastle. He wasn't liked too much by the players either, so I didn't worry well, about I've, that. Well, I've heard that, yeah. I have heard that. <laughs> but He's, un- Unfortunately, Paul didn't have any charisma at all. I mean, they would talk, talk about you know, pulls apart from between uh, Reedy and uh, Brace. Chalk and cheese. Brace was chalk and cheese. I mean, Brace did what he, he did the job. I mean, Brace, all Brace did was the warm-up for training and then just have a cup of, cup of tea. With, with, you know, I think it was just Reedy's mate. But in the game, <laughs> he, was the, he, was the, he was the safe hands to give the ball to. It was just into Brace, out we can. He just used to sit and calm things down. So on the pitch, he was, he was priceless. But uh, yeah, in and around the ground, it was, uh, it, yeah, he was hard work, Brace. Well, hard I think... Work. <laughs> He was, wasn't he? The, wasn't he a player assistant manager or something as well? Like yeah, 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 he played, player, yeah, yeah. He was like yeah, the assistant yeah. manager and he played. Yeah, he so, certainly did play. Yeah, he was. I mean, Brace is a good player. I mean, a really, really good player. But again, you know, that's why he just, he just, he wasn't one to mingle. Again, you know, when you're kind of away for the matches, the players at the back, he was always the front. So there was a, there was a bit of a, you know. He, he's staff and, and we're players, but obviously he did play. But going back to what we're talking about. Reed's personality and his charisma and how he engaged Sunderland fans I think that was crucial in the Sunderland fans accepting Paul Bracewell back because if Mick Buxton for example signed Paul Bracewell I don't think the fans would have had that No, no I, I, I get it but like, like all, you know, we, we've signed it's, there's been two and four from the mags and, and to us in terms of players and yeah there's always like you know, he, he, he you know there's, there's always sometimes resentment but when you start and you play well, you're forgiven. You're forgiven. So, some will never. You'll never get somewhere. But if you're playing well, I think people will forgive you. Yeah. If you well, can say you're, you're putting it on the line for them. Well, there was another that summer, wasn't it? Obviously, because David Kelly came in, didn't he? Kelly? So, no, did I? 
So that, um, I mean, yeah, I was going to get onto that, but that that was a and that was a big sign in that. That was that wasn't David Kelly. Yeah, it wasn't like pass out. I think it was just under. Um, but it, this he he left Newcastle got to Wolves. He was scoring regularly for Wolves, and again, this was perhaps the first sign in I'd seen in a long time for Sunderland, where he thought, oh, actually, they've made a statement of intent there and the main yeah. and the main business. Um, he wasn't. He wasn't very good, was he? For us, initially, no, no. To be fair, to Ned, he played, to be he, fair played to Ned. On, he played wide, didn't he? He was playing on the right side. I remember he wasn't playing through the middle. To be fair to Ned, though, he he really he got clattered early on and with his ankle, and he never recovered after that. You know, I mean, he was just plagued with it, and in fa- and in fact, I think it ended finishing his career. Mm. Uh, yeah, but, uh, I, I, I was going to talk. About him, which we'll get to uh, his debut in particular. Paul Stewart was the one who came just at the end of the summer, who very very famous player, played for England, played for Man City, for Spurs. For well, Liverpool. if you remember, Stewart came early. Stewart came early and then did his knee. Yeah, and then was, was sent him. back, yeah, he and then out, he came he? back about six months later. Yeah. He didn't. He only got one goal, I think, that year. I don't really remember him playing at all. Like he scored in that right? derby match. He had a hell of a game. That was a big match, and he played fantastically well. But uh, yeah, but again, he's one of these characters. And Ned maybe never played that much, but in that dressing room where we were a bunch of young lads who would struggled the last two or three seasons, them character they were great signings. Even maybe the, the impact on the pitch wasn't massive. The impact in the change room around the ground was massive. It was really, mm. really important. Mm. I mean, he scored on his debut, David Kelly, or his second game. I think we drew two-two. With Reading at Rocker Park, which doesn't sound that glamorous, um, but it, it it got Sunderland into the playoffs. It would um, be now. <laughs> yeah, it, it got Sunderland in the playoffs, though, and I think that was the first moment when I started to think, actually, that this, you know, we 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 might have a chance here because when when we got relegated in '91, we just didn't flirt with the playoffs at all. We were always at the other end of the table, and every season you would go in with hope and with optimism. Thinking this will be the season, and just and it just didn't happen. We lost the first game of this season at home to Leicester two one, and you just thought, yeah. oh, here we go. You know, nothing's really changed, nothing's really improved, and then we slowly worked our way up. and And I remember that game at Rocker Park when Kelly scored, and you thought, what a signing he's going to be. He's going to fire us mm. up, up this league. And as I've said, it did actually, um, it did get us into sixth place, and we hovered around third, fourth, fifth. Um, that kind of area until we got to December, and I think you know which game I'm going to talk about now. Um, yeah. 9th of December, we were second after beating Crystal Palace 1 0. We went up to second, and then Millwall came uh, to Roker Park, who were top, and yeah. Sunderland won 6 0. Yeah. Uh, what yeah, was... I mean, uh, I mean, Ned, I think, actually scored. In that Crystal Palace game, I think then he got injured, so he was out, and I didn't think he played again. Maybe no, he played maybe one or two games the rest of that season. Yeah. Martin, Martin Scott, it was scored a penalty in that. Oh, Palace the penalty! Game. I think we missed two. Did we miss two penalties? But one of the games against <coughs> Crystal Palace, no, I think we actually we, missed yeah, two. Yeah, we were. We missed. I think we missed six <laughs> penalties in a row in that yeah, season, yeah. and we I missed two. The in the, I think Kelly and um, at, at Palace. I think Kelly and. It might have been Paul Bracewell had took one each and missed both missed, but I think we won that game. But yeah, I mean, Sorry, uh, yeah, the, no, no, no. So the, the, the Millwall game again, we were, we were. I think our form was okay. It was up and down. You know, it wasn't, wasn't, wasn't anywhere near where we wanted to be. But uh, yeah, Millwall came high. You know, they were top of the league, playing really well. Uh, 
and we absolutely buttered them. <laughs> Russell was the man called in to fill the gap left by another injury to David Kelly. Russell was given his wish to play through the middle as a central striker. And my word, did he take his chance. Kovicki. Turned Rogan. Looking for the penalty, they got it. Phil Gray, the man brought down. And that's a penalty. What can Casey Keller come up with here? Martin Scott, no problem at all. The other side from Sunday's match, the end result the same. And Martin Smith. Wade Russell's made a tremendous run. Russell, what a marvellous goal! Wade Russell, that really is right out of the top draw. Scott firing that one in, and Gray's there, 3-0! damage limitation on behalf of Millwall. Moving it through to Smith, an excellent ball, and Russell's there again. That's another superb goal. Oh, they're walking on water today. 4-0 now. Sunderland absolutely rampant. Gray turning his man well. Gray getting into the middle, and Russell's there. Patrick. Wade Russell gets his third goal. That's five for Sunderland. Russell, maybe the turn, Thatcher. Still with Russell, still Craig Russell. And it's four for Russell. 6-0. And this is an absolute pacing for Millwall. And Craig Russell has had the game of his life. Four for Russell. And how fitting that he should finish it off with such a flourish. Thatcher in a tangle again. Keller beaten for the sixth time. Craig Russell, he'd been a left winger till this point, really. I mean, I know in the youth team he was a forward, wasn't he? But Mitch yeah. Buxton played yeah. him on the left wing um, to use his pace because he was left-footed and he was number 11. So he was he was, he was seen as a left winger and he, uh, apparently he was in Peter Reid's ear, give me a chance up front, give me a chance up front. So that's more competition for you, Lee, again. Yeah, I think at the time, I think there was still, there was Ned, there was me, there was... Uh... Phil Greer. Phil Gray was there. There was Russ, and I think Brett Angel was still knocking around. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe by December, I think he might have went just before then. But at the beginning, the first, the first six or seven games, I think there was there was quite a few. But even then, I virtually was playing a lot more games centre off for reserves and stuff. So I, I had had my eye already dropping back mm. in, in doing that. Well, the, the team that day was so Sunderland six, Millwall nil. Uh, Alec Chamberlain in goal, <laughs> fullbacks Darius Kabisky and Martin Scott. Richard Ord, Andy Melville, centre-halves. Uh, Steve Agnew was on the right. Mickey Gray must have been on the left. Um, oh, Martin Smith's playing as well, so I'm not sure. Um, Agnew must have been centre-midfield then, um, with, yeah. with Martin Gray and then Craig Russell and Phil Gray up front. So Martin Smith yeah. was on the other wing. So you were on the bench, Lee, with, with John Muller yeah, yeah, yeah. and Gordon Armstrong. Yeah. Um, was that the moment you, you got in the dressing room after? What was it like? Were you thinking, we can do this here? Oh, any time you win at Roger Park was fantastic. But a, a good. Re- I think we were just all delighted for us. I mean, in fact, I think he missed his easiest chance. Uh, but it was just every time we went went up to the end, we looked like we were going to score. It was just one of them games that it, it, could, have been, it could have been more than six. It was just it was annihilation. Uh, mm-hmm. 
And the, one of the stats as well I got from that after that season is Millwall were obviously top then and actually got relegated. They, did, they, yeah. they didn't have win a game after that. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing, that, isn't it? It is yeah. incredible. Oh, that that um, was the one that brought. Is that the one that brought out on VHS? Isn't it the Lions t- Lion Tamers? Because yeah. I'd obviously been to Rogue. I, like I was what, about what like you know nine ten year old, and I'd been to Rogue a few times. But I remember watching that video multiple times. And it's just weird to look back on now and think a random game. I know it's a massive scoreline, but a random game being put out on VHS just seems so like. Weird, doesn't it? It's such a 90s thing that you just... Nowadays, obviously the Derby wins, they chuck them on DVD, but... Because Sky just has so much football, you just don't get things like that hardly anymore. It was it was the so. time when everybody started to believe, I think. Um, looking at the Millwall team, Ben Thatcher was playing, Casey Keller was in goal, Alex Ray played, uh, Anton Rogan played. We always used to beat Millwall up here anyway. It's mad beat, that they got relegated with players like that, though, isn't it? No, Because there's them, some good players yeah. in that team. We beat them 6 2 a, a couple of years before that, and Don yeah, Goodwin scored yeah. that, Rick. Yeah. Um, we used to always beat them. But um, <clears throat> that was a time, I think, when you know there were 19,000 there that game, which was quite a high attendance, and, and the crowds went up after that. I think that was a moment when people started to believe and just looking at the the league positions um, unfortunately we weren't top of Christmas because we lost to Derby County the day before Christmas Eve um, and they went top league if you remember so we were, we were they top did. The, yeah, the, mm. they, they had a really good team didn't they Mickey Gray scored and then I think Marco Gabidini equalised about 30 seconds later um, yeah. hmm. I remember being at that game with my dad and, and the Derby fans singing the Ole Marco song and it was really mm. weird. That's I was like, I don't like that. I don't like that. At all. <laughs> um, and and they put their foot in the accelerator. Then Lee and there were there were being references to runaway leaders for most of the season. They, they were some. They went on that season a twenty game. They went twenty games. Mm. Unbeaten. Sunderland. No, no, no. Derby. Yeah. Derby. Yeah. Derby, I, th- I think that, that, that I think they they won a run before they played us, and I think they carried on, and they did they they, they, they were a good side. I think yeah. they went twenty games unbeaten. Mm-hmm. It was a good Derby team. That um, it was a good Derby team. Russell Held yeah. was in goal. Gary Rowett uh, and Shane Nicholas in the full-backs. Daryl Powell, Dean Yates, Igor Stimak, Sean Flynn, Ron Willems, Dean Sturridge, Marco Gabbiadini, and Lee Carsley. So Stimac, Stimac was there already at that point. He, that was his first season there, I think. He really made a name for himself that season, yeah. That, it's really mad that they had like such a calibre of player as that in the second tier at that time. Because, mm-hmm. like, yeah, it, it, you just forget these things. I always thought he was one of them when they had that breed of sort of international player from Eastern Bloc, well, Balk, maybe Balkan countries that came in. I hadn't realised it had started so soon for them. Yeah. Yeah, um, I remember he was always he was really highly rated that season. And yeah, yeah, we good were just, We would take it along for the most part. Lee, we played Manchester United in the FA Cup in the, in round three. We went to mm. Old Trafford and should have won the game. We drew two two, and Eric Cantona right. scored a late equaliser, didn't he? <coughs> yeah, that I, I remember that game because I think that was the end of well, it would have been the end of Alec Chamberlain if. Uh, it would have been his last game if uh, mm. if, if uh, Bobby Sacco got his wear and and and, and Rady. So uh, they blamed him for it. They blamed him for it. For the and a few for that game. For that goal. For that for goal. Like, he, he should he should have get. But there was a couple of things, a couple of small mistakes that maybe cost us 
in, in the, before that game as well that, that they weren't convinced with Alec unfortunately lovely lad and I think you know, as I said I thought he was a good goalkeeper but they that they had no, no no confidence in Alec well, well he, play, he played he played you know he for pretty in a pretty high level you know generally yeah, after that and, yeah. and he, you know he was at uh, he went Watford as well didn't he and, and played yeah. sort of in, in sort of relatively decent Watford teams he was probably better than team. Perez Luton, when, really, when Luton had their sort of days in the top division he was playing for them then um, but you yeah, know, I met a uh, <laughs> story about Ali I met him uh, oh must be about six seven years ago uh, can you hear me? Because yeah. my mic's on a yeah, bit yeah. dirty. Yeah, no, yeah. Uh, seven years ago, uh, them did just have the old Nokia phone, and Alex, Alex was always the, t- the number one on my list on my contacts. He was number one. The amount of times I was out at nightclubs and be sit sat down and realised I'd called him at like two in the morning <laughs> or three in the morning, and he never used to. And uh, and when I met him a few a few years ago, I said, "Look, Alex, I'll have to apologise." He says, "What for?" Anyway, I just went. Were you getting strange phone calls over the years? And he went, and he just his face just dropped, and I went, "That was me, bump cut." And he was going, "You," and he absolutely went ballistic. He says, "My wife thought I was having an affair and everything," <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and it was me being out all the time, just sat on my phone and ringing him. <laughs> you, you, you've, you've nailed the timeline, Lee, because the next game after that. So, for people who don't who. who who can't remember, we, we went to Old Trafford against Manchester United. We were 2-1 up. Uh, Agnew and Russell scored, didn't they? Uh, I think we had like 15,000. In fact, they gave us a lot of tickets that day. Mm. And um, we should have won. And um, well, that, Yeah, we should have won. Your Man yeah. won the double that year. It was a good Man United team. <laughs> and um, the yeah. replay at home, um, I can remember Paul Scholes coming on and changing the game for Man mm. He scored the winner. I'm sure he did. Um, but the game Andy, after... Andy, Andy Cole scored Andy the winner. Andy Cole scored the winner header. Right in right the last minute. Right. In the last minute. Yeah, I'm looking now. Yeah, Andy Cole. Paul Scores did score, so you come off the he bench did. and He did. He got the equaliser. Right, okay. it, was, it was really late, actually. I think it was about 70 minutes or something, wasn't it? The, the mm. equaliser. <laughs> and then yeah. Um, yeah, Andy Cole scored. It was on Sky. Um, yeah, I went to I went to my friend's auntie's house to watch it because I, you know, no, yes. we, not everyone had Sky then. It was like no, a, a luxury, every, wasn't everyone's it? Everyone's got those stories. Everyone had those houses you would go to yeah. watch Sky. Yeah. So yeah. we all had like with Sunderland shirts on and what, whatever, and, and went round to like to watch it. But it was like a proper occasion because obviously, yeah, was, yeah. you know, it, that it, we we hadn't really experienced the Premier League as young Sunderland fans, had we? Yeah. We, you know, we. You looked at teams like Man United and maybe kind of, oh, I like Man United, maybe me mate like Liverpool. And it was like, God, we were actually mixing it with them. Yeah. They, were the best yeah, that... they were the best team in the country, obviously. Yeah, it was amazing. Like say, they won the double. Um... And that was the difference as well. So we, I'm getting warmed up because I'm about to go on. And so, so I'm stood there on one side of the one side next to the dugout, about to go on. On the other side, they're bringing on Andy Cole and uh, and Paul Scholes. <laughs> so yeah, crazy, that's the it? difference, yeah. And uh, obviously, they made the difference, and I never. Uh, so I mean, that's, I was, so. <laughs> it's a little, little little interesting fact, or you might not think it's interesting, but I was in the um, the main stand hmm. paddock that game. Um, so down in the corner next to the rock round, that little singing area there. Um, and when Paul Scholes was warming up, I remember like, he, wa- he walked over the ball before the game towards the Sunderland fans and he kicked the ball in, into the little gap in between the stand and the pitch. Yeah. And like, so over the barrier, sorry. But before the stand and all the Sunderland fans um, cheered, 
because it looked like he, he didn't do it on like he it looked like he was just miscontrolled the ball and he kicked it out and the ball span back to his feet and he kind of like ushered it towards him as he was doing it so he obviously <laughs> done it on purpose and I mean <laughs> that was, was yeah, that was before he even really broke into their team he was just a young player but I can well, remember I can vividly we, remember well, him doing that we obviously following yeah we tried to sign both of them well that was a rumour wasn't it I don't know well, hmm. well, it was well, it was confirmed, wasn't it, in Premier Passions by Bob Murray? Oh, was it? Where he said they'd had they tried to buy Paul Scholes, Andy Cole, and Paul Gascoigne, <laughs> and couldn't get I couldn't get any of them. Well, you can't you imagine for the ambition, can you? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. Scholes started out as a striker, didn't he? And he yeah. just didn't look like he was going to do it. He didn't necessarily look like the player. He obviously became this incredibly influential midfielder who, like, yeah. World great to look up to, and he just didn't look like he was going to be that player at all when he came through. No. I think we'd offered we'd offered quite a lot of money for him as well, as I recall. I think I think we had offered around six seven million pounds for him at the time. Which was so Ferguson must have known there was obviously something there, and it was just <laughs> when when Sunderland come knocking, you know. is that was that is that the watershed <laughs> moment? It's like oh, I better uh, <laughs> better hold on to this one. This guy, gotta lock him down. Um, but imagine that league. No, he just he up, felt. Be, you, I know, obviously, you dropped in the defence in the Premier League, but you know, you could have been up front and you could have had three behind you of scores playing up. Sorry, well, not three behind you, but in those days, obviously, mm. two up front. You and scores up front. Sorry, you and Cole up front with uh, scores and uh, Gascoigne of supply in the to find the ammunition. Imagine that. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's that, that's only stuff the dreams had made of for some and fun. But uh, God, amazing! Yeah, I mean, but it, it was incredible. I mean, I, because sometimes a lot of lot of times I'd play for the reserves as well at, at the back, and I'd come across schools a, a few times for the, and he was different class. But again, but he used to drop. He said be able to just ping the ball for about fifty yards right on the toe of somebody. He was just you could say he was a brilliant, brilliant player. Just just as I say at the time, I think when he when he broke into the set, I think he was only eighteen or nineteen. Mm. But you, yeah, could, you could yeah. say he was a class class player. Well, like I, like I, I just mentioned there, you did um, nail the timeline lay because you said that the manager and Bobby Saxon wanted to get rid of Alec Chamberlain. Now, after that replay at home at Man United, the next game was away to Leicester, and Shea Given made his debut that day. He came, he, he came in on loan. Nobody had heard of him. He was only nineteen or something, wasn't he? Um, yeah, and. You know, some Sunderland fans of a certain age might not be aware. They probably know that he played on loan for us, but he was sensational for Sunderland. Share given, wasn't he? He was. He, 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 I kind of remember. He just turned up on the. Uh, I think it was a midweek game that uh, Leicester game. If I remember, it might sure have been a Sunday. Yeah. I think it was a Sunday. It was on it was Sunday. Sunday. Yeah. That's why right. uh, Sunday. It was different. <laughs> so he virtually just turned up for the training before we went went down there. So it was just it's 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 just it's just a little bit of uh, pattern of play, a bit of a game, and off we go. And the, normally the goalkeepers just stay with themselves, so we never really got a look at him. Uh, and again, I was I've been sub that day, and my job at that time was to warm the goalkeeper up. <laughs> uh, so we'd have a bit of a run, and then I'd go off. I'd go off and put a few crosses in. I mean, now you've seen them. Now they've got goalkeeper coaches, but then it was just you know the sub used to go and batter a few balls at the goalkeeper. Uh, so I'd, uh, just having a tap in and so far and I thought okay let's have a go here so I was on the edge of the box and I'm telling you what I smashed them I was in top corner bottom corner everything he was pulling out honestly he was pulling off the most incredible CS and that was just in the warm-up so I, I got got there and I was sweating and then I got back and Barley's put his arm around us and he went uh, what's he like 
and pardon me French I went he's fucking brilliant <laughs> <laughs> he, he made I'll tell it, you what he, yeah, he, he was he, he was I mean he couldn't kick it that was his fault he really struggled with the ball off the floor and quick kicking but saving and stuff like that he, he just was incredible Incredible yeah. keeper. Well, he was only remember. he was only a kid. Like, yeah, he was only a kid. Yeah. In, in his home debut, I remember he made a save that there was that good. He got a standing ovation. Everybody in the seat yeah. stood up and, and clapped him, and you were like, "Wow!" Mm. And I remember just the whole thing about from that point till the end of the season was, "Can we sign him next season? Can we sign him next season?" Well, yeah. like, that was us being ridiculous ago. Like you know, going up to the Premier League, we had the opportunity we could have signed him for. What, was it a million pounds and we wouldn't spend the money and it's just like what we were doing, mm. what we were thinking. Mm. And of course he ended up where he ended up and became yeah. a club legend there, didn't he? Yeah. So I mean obviously we got Lionel who was funny for a, a few years. I mean he I, I know, loved he him somebody. though. Yeah, I did I, know, I loved but him. He was, but he was But he wasn't as good he as wasn't, shaking, he wasn't <laughs> a good he was like a decent keeper, but he wasn't like he was more about the flamboyance and there's a lot of He was erratic as hell. Yeah, yeah. He was erratic as hell. Some of the stops he could make was just phenomenal, but he, 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 he was very erratic as well, to be fair. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah. He was just like, as a young, again, like as a kid, it, it, because he was flamboyant and a character, you, he was a favourite of mine just because like, you could buy the keeper shirt and roll your sleeves up and pretend to be him, <laughs> yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. But obviously, I, I yeah. loved Given as well before that because. Again, I think keepers stand out for you, don't you? As a, again, as a kid, because you're like they're different to everyone else on the pitch. They've got a different yeah, kit, which is usually quite interesting to look at. And that, yeah, they're just not proper footballers, goalkeepers. Well, that's there is that. Well, about these days, things have changed, of course. But um, yeah, I suppose given now, he wouldn't he wouldn't get a look in at a top club, buddy. But with what you were saying about him not being able to kick a ball, but in in the nineties, it, it didn't matter, did it? No. Can you can you remember can you remember who else made the debut against Leicester? Gareth Hall was it? And what happened to him? <laughs> Got sent off. God. Got God. sent off. <laughs> Yeah, just a little wow. window into the future there. Of, um, and that's, and that's <laughs> I think that's what because I'm not sure if we got beat one nil or drew. One no, we drew nil. We drew nil nil. We drew nil nil. Yeah, we drew nil nil. Yeah. Um, in that in that game, but yeah, I was just thinking about that. I remember Gareth Hall getting sent off, and uh, that was his debut. And he was, well, you know, he he was one of the, probably the in recent times probably the least. I remember like at Roger Park, there was mm-hmm. like it was he was when his name was read out, he used to get booed. Good God! But I, think, but I think it was like I think it was like a comedic thing. Like by the end, even in the, um, the last <laughs> game at Roger, even in the last game at Roger Park, when his name got read out, he got booed. I'm sure he so didn't you know, see it as being particularly funny. He was a nice lad as well. He was a nice lad. Really, Jay. it's interesting that because I've heard mixed, uh, mixed, mixed stories. Well, with us, it all depends who you. I suppose it all depends who you speak to. If he's we, got fans round yeah. him, it was booing him all the time. I'm sure he's not going to be the nicest man well, per- person. No, but in the dressing room, he's um, a nice fella. The uh, we knew somebody who um, <laughs> used to clean his boots. Um, oh right, okay. And uh, he said he wasn't very nice. He wasn't very nice to him. So maybe yeah. it was like that old school thing of like you know, but um, the kid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So maybe they were on the receiving end of that. So, yeah. but yeah, there you go. I think as well he he's, he probably but he he'll have suffered not by just he didn't do very well, but obviously Darius was so popular, and there's well, the whole you know yeah, the record appearances it's, thing and yeah, everything. And, 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 and from memory, Gareth Hall was signed as a midfielder, and then he ended up just getting put out the right back to and, and 
you know, we'll we've done that loads over time, haven't we? We we'll, we'll love making midfielders we'll turn into fullbacks. We'll come on to the Premier League season later because it was a significant moment involved in Gareth Hall and Terry Skubitsky, wasn't it, that year? Um, yeah. Shea Givens' introduction to the team has saw it sees a league, an improvement in league positions because we were seventh for that Leicester game. And then when you're slowly looking down the fixtures, it's seventh up to fourth, up to fifth, up to third. And we go on an 11 game winning run. Yeah. And yeah. Um, halfway through that run uh, is Derby, who yeah. had been runaway leaders. And again, you, you talk about these games that stand out at Rocker Park and Sunderland yeah. 3, Derby 0, when they rocked up as the league leaders was, an, was another magical game. And I'm going to go back a little bit further because I want to squeeze <clears> this one in because. Uh, <laughs> At the times as well, at the end of that season, there was we'd gone down to Portsmouth, and uh, and as I say, our, our form was a bit erratic. It was a bit up and down, uh, and we went one 0 up and playing really, really well. And then concede the two crappy goals, and in the last seconds, I get a header and, and score right in the last minute. Uh, and it, we got in the dressing room after that, and it felt like a win. It really did. Felt like a massive, massive win that we did it. And then that was start. That started the run. And I think we did go seven on seventeen unbeaten, and virtually won the league by the time we were getting beaten again. But one of them games, so we went all that. But one of them games was obviously was Derby, and Derby, as I say, had a great run themselves. I think they were twenty. They were on twenty, unbeaten, uh, and and obviously Paul Stewart turned up and Paul Stewart had an absolute blinding game. First half was probably the best performance I've seen all season from anybody. He was just incredible. But uh, our the passion, the noise, our tempo and stuff, we just blew Derby away that day. It could have been many, many more. We were just fantastic. Simak and Stewart up there. Stewart got to Agnew really making up ground. And Russell! And that's 1-0 to Sunderland. It's Craig Russell again. A really fast break by the Roker men. Bracewell, the defence ready to sit and wait. And Scott's in a good position here. And that's 2-0. It's Agnew. Derby carved open again. Just approaching the halfway marker through this second period of 45 minutes. Third now would really put some distance on Derby. And there it is. It's Craig Russell. 3-0 now, Sunderland looking so good, and Derby have the mountain to climb now. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did-we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. 
Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Back to that part of game then, Lee. Were you in, de- you were in defense that game? I was, I. Uh, I think Audi was injured, uh, and, and I played. We actually played, in, which is right, we actually played in the red and white stripes, white shorts, white socks. Which was a which was a good combo, but uh, yeah, we uh, their second goal it went through legs, it went over bodies, people were falling over each other. It was just oh my god, here we go. We we played really well, and it looks like we're going to get beat here. Mm. But obviously that uh, you scored a really good header, so and it, and it just pinged off the post, which was uh, but as I say, the atmosphere in the dressing room thought yeah, again that just it just breeds a bit of belief, and you know it's it's, it's an amazing thing within a dressing room where you think. We can actually go ahead and do it, and we did. We went on a massive run. Was it the Derby game then when you, as a dressing room, said, "Yeah, we've we've we can do this." You're playing Derby, who've been top ever since they beat Sunderland back in back in December. They've been top, and they've been comfortable leaders until that point. I think I think the the real belief came uh, Barnsley away. Uh, took thousands down again. I think there was about eight or nine thousand fans down there. Uh, it was mm. it was sheer it was Shea's last game. We went one nil up. Uh, Paul Stewart got sent off. Uh, I think in this in the first half as well. I think after about thirty five minutes, uh, and Barnsley went a bad side, and they and they were just we were just under the caution that was backs against the wall, uh, and then there was a collision with uh, with Shea and one of them against the post, and it looked like Shea was uh, was going to struggle, and again this was before uh, sub goalkeepers, and lo and not many people know this, but I used to have to practice. After the, after the after training to do a little bit of goalkeeping because I was the sub goalkeeper. <laughs> the Phil Jack Yelka of, uh, of yeah, the time. So I was the sub goalkeeper. So I could see him struggling. I could see Smelty looking over and he's he's struggling and then he and he could, he could hardly breathe. Sheer, he could hardly breathe. So it was like get warmed up and I'm like get warmed up and I was <laughs> honest I was bricking it. I mean it was just like it was just non-stop. It was just attack versus defence for Barnsley. The boards were coming in the box. Uh, so it was just relentless, but lucky enough, I mean, it just, eventually I did get on. But it was as, as another centre half, and we, we just <laughs> seen it out. And to see the lads after that game, that what we'd put got out through, and how we'd kept the ball out of that net was just phenomenal. It was just like hugs and shouting, and it was just massive for us. And I think that desire and what we had then took it on to the derby match, and I think that's why we blew them away. We just we just had the belief that we just couldn't get beat. Mm. I mean, I think the one. The one that I remember from that sort of um, that run was the Huddersfield game. Because obviously mm. Michael Bridges, Bridges, you know, right. coming on and scoring, you know, two one down. You know, a young lad coming off the bench to score twice to win the game. It's like the fairy tale thing in it, and you know, I remember, I remember that one like really sort of vividly, like the excitement around this young lad. He um, scored in every game he played for the first five games or something, didn't he? And he was seventeen year old. Yeah, brilliant. I mean, he was a, yeah, but they called him Stick Man because he was like you know he was like a wireframe, like this you know thin sort of pasty kid, sort of coming in and you know obviously like we we saw the best of him when he played later. Obviously, that after the Premier League season where he played mainly in midfield um, in the Premier League, he didn't play up front. Um, and then obviously Kevin Phillips and Niall Quinn took hold and but when he came in he was great. Um 
and like if we didn't have those two, you know, Bridges probably would have been well the top striker for he us because obviously he went to Leeds and scored twenty goals. So um, well, did score 35, 30 goals. Sorry, like Kevin Phillips in that season, but mm. he still got twenty. You know, for for Leeds, he's still in his young really, Premier League he, season. So. There's nineteen year old yeah. kids. So, um, but I remember, I remember that one and the the Birmingham game. Mm. The on the on the midweek one it and you know the, I think the Birmingham game was really hyped up as like this is the game where we know if we win this mm. like we'll do it we're gonna get prom- <laughs> we're gonna get promoted. So, so the it? Birmingham game, so the Birmingham game, so in the dressing room at Rocker Park there used to be this little table. It'd be like two foot squared, and on that would be chewing gum, tie ups, uh, anything you need. A bit of uh, as I say, some strappings. Uh, but on there used to be a bottle of Bell's whiskey. It was always there. I've been there sunning all the time, and this bottle of Bell's, and used to be get took, and there'd be, be a bottle of Bell's whiskey used to be on there. And I'd be thinking, who the hell drinks what? Anyway, so we're going out, so we're all queuing down the uh, in the changing room, ready to get out for the start of the uh, the, the, the game against uh, Birmingham. And Bob, actually, Bobby Sacco, just gets that bottle of uh, whiskey, and he... As along the line, he's gone, have a swig, have a swig, have a swig. He was giving every player a swig of whiskey before we went out. Everybody's like coughing and spluttering and like feeling sick. <laughs> uh, but I think then Mickey Grit, Mickey, Mickey scored an absolute world. Oh, he he did, had swerved yeah, he did, in the yeah. top corner. And, and, but again, it was just that fun. We were just having fun at the time. It was just brilliant. So, uh, so yeah, I remember having the swig of whiskey before we went out. <laughs> yeah. Class that. The Birmingham away game actually was, was a standout game for me because that put us top. So we beat Derby um, and then we beat all and then we Mel beat scored. Birmingham. If I remember, I think Mel scored. We won away 2-0, I think. Yeah, we won away 2-0. Oh, that, that was on telly on the Sunday and the Birmingham fans were mental, I remember. Um, but... That was, that was a, there, There's a thing for, for people of, a, of an era where obviously now it's like if you want to watch <laughs> football... You need multiple paid television subscriptions. You know, like on back in mm. the day on ITV, you had the big match. Well, ITV Tine Tees, mm. um, and there was lot like every like off on a Sunday, there was always a Sunderland or a Newcastle games. or a Middlesbrough yeah. game on, uh, basically. Um, and the highlights so, of every others. Yeah, so. and all the others. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So oftentimes on that Sunday, Sunderland would be on the telly. Um, from that season, I remember the I remember the Grimsby game where like um, Phil Gray scored like nearly from the halfway line. Do you remember? And we beat yeah. we batted them four nil. Four one. Four nil. That was a four nil. Something like that. Yeah. Well, that and, uh, that was the game, and I remember what my friends at school were asking me on the Monday after the Grimsby game. What was that song the Sunderland fans were singing? was the first time I heard that song and I got brought up as a single not long after that um, just added to the whole surreal thing didn't it where we were just on the crest of yeah, it, yeah I mean we, we then knew about it and then at times we used to sing it on the bus when we when we would be going back especially especially the local lads the supporters and stuff so there's like some, you know, there's some of the lads were having a bit of a, a bit of a chant Mickey, Mickey Gray was obviously as cheeky as normal and winding <laughs> everybody up because he wasn't quite singing the right words 
<laughs> yeah. yeah, he made some it. Some of the better monkeys he Yeah, he sang something else. Well, didn't he sing yours? He sang your song, didn't he, Lee, on the balcony at the Seaburn Centre and got no, a bit taken he's, off. He sang "F the Mall, F the Mall, King and Madonna and all." He sang that one. He grabbed, he grabbed the mic off the mare. Oh God! <laughs> we were all going, go on, Mickey, sing it, go on, sing it. But Mickey had about three pints, so he's absolutely hammered. So. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So yeah. Yeah. He got absolutely. Oh, the, yeah. It cost him a lot of money that one. Cost yeah. him a lot of money. I've heard stories about in the summer something that cost him a lot of money as well. Um, <laughs> but you know, you, Gareth mentioned the Birmingham game. We didn't win a game after that. We had three games. No. We, we drew no. a couple, and then we lost the last game. The but famous, we, what, the famous uh, not being able to beat Tranmere at their place. That was. The I was going to say the that's era. the one that stands out, yeah, doesn't yeah. it? We just who had a player manager themselves. We go back to that. Yeah, John Aldridge yeah. was player manager. He scored a penalty because oh, I remember. Yeah, of course, yeah. I remember he he stuttered run that he used to do, um, and he scored that. That was my. I remember when um, you know going to Rocker Park as a kid, and you would hear the Gary Rowell song, but it wasn't. It was just seemed to be like a few lads at the back of the full end of the cage who would sing it, really. It wasn't like, you know, widespread. It didn't go around Roker Park really loud. And then he was in the crowd that day, and the whole end was singing it and pointing at him. Yeah. And I think that's when I realised how big of a deal he was in, in Sunderland. Yeah. But, mm. um, I think every time I'd been away to watch Sunderland with 10,000-plus fans there, we lost... <laughs> Man City was <laughs> my first experience of it, apart from the FA Cup semi-final. Well, I- but then we... We took thousands down to Hillsborough the next year in the FA Cup in the fourth round, and we lost that um, mm. in the last minute. And then this one as well, where we <laughs> took over the ground, and we, we used to lose these games. Really, really annoying. We, it, yeah. well, we won the league hadn't we, on the on the week on the week before. Yeah. Though, hadn't we, we? I wasn't meant to play. I wasn't meant to play. Uh, but Mel was Andy Melba was virtually hung over on the bus. He was sick. <laughs> So I get, uh, I just get to shout, "You playing?" Mel, Mel, Mel's come down, and says he's not feeling too well, and I just looked at Mel, and Mel gave us a wink, and I just thought, "You." So, and I, to be fair, we'd been on the drink for about four or five days solid, so we we, we weren't. Fa- but to be fair, I don't know if you can remember the game. We actually, we 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 should have been three or four nil up. At uh, Tramie, it was always the same thing. Sometimes we just couldn't score. We mm. went on that run, as I say, we, we got promoted, but we just could not score, and then. Uh, and then they got a dodgy penalty, and 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 Aldo just, just stuck it away. And again, I think it was all us the second half, and they they got a breakaway goal, and it was two 0 But no, to I be fair, we didn't care. I was looking at it now. It was uh, they took the lead in the first half. Um, yeah, penalty, penalty. Ke- uh, no, no, the penalty penalty was the second one. Yeah. Was it really? Uh, was it? Kenny, I told you, I was off, uh, I was off drunk. Kenny Iron scored the first <laughs> one. Do you remember him? He was Kenny Iron. He, yeah, yeah. he was uh, a decent player. He was. Um, Tramia have often had good players as, as well over the yeah. years, like who've went on Nevin, elsewhere. Yeah. Ian Moore. It's good knowledge that Gareth that, that Kenny Iron scored. No, I'm, I'm I'm looking at the I'm looking on Stackcat mate, so oh, okay. <laughs> Alan Rogers, he had a career for himself, played at Forest for a lot of years. Yeah. Gary, Gary Stevens. Is that the Gary yeah, Stevens who yeah, played yeah. for England then? Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. When did we actually win the title then? Sat on our backside. We'd, we drew nil nil at home to uh, at home Stoke? to West Brom. And was it the Stoke one? No, no, no. So we 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 drew. I think with Stoke, and I think some. I think Derby yeah. then got beat, and then right. so we'd won. So we won so we'd league, actually yeah. been. No, no. So we'd been promoted. We'd been promoted. Ah. 
We we just needed a point at West Brom away, West Brom at home to yeah. win the league. Yeah, got it. it. I can't. Um, remember, uh, I feel like I was at one of those two games, but probably well, not both of them. The West Brom. Game, I can't remember which the, one. Um, the West Brom game. We wore the uh, the next season's kit. Do you not remember we ah, wore the, right. the last the like farewell to Roker Park kit that we wore in the Premier League? Yeah, and that's and, and that's where we got presented with a trophy. That's where yeah. we did yeah. the lap of honour and all that sort I of stuff. I think so. I was there for that. Like, yeah, I was. Um, some, yeah, I was something. One of my best memories of football fan because you just started to believe, started to believe the hype. Then start to think, um, you know, maybe <clears> we are this sleeping giant that everybody says we are because you could see what. Yeah. We were. We were capable of, but it was needed as much as anything because I mentioned what Newcastle and Burr had been had been doing um, before. But um, we, we touched on on the Michael Bridges thing there as well, um, Lee. So it's a good it's a good job you're in defence by this point because all these centre, young centre forwards are coming <laughs> flying into the I, team. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's again, and, and I think that's why. I mean, I think that game. I think I was involved in thirty six, seven of them. Uh, not injured that much that season uh, so that's a massive season for me because I either played up front or I actually played at the back or, or was involved somehow uh, so that was just a fantastic season to be involved in uh, but but I knew that obviously the writing was on the wall and then when I knew we were going to the Premier League I, again I, I knew there was going to be bigger signings so me, me, mm. I thought that's it then I'll, I'll probably never play centre forward again for Southern and you, play, I, you and played a fair I, few games in the Prem though centre half didn't you? I did. I did. I played quite a few. Unfortunately, I got injured against Leeds when I was when I virtually thought I'd, I'd probably I'd probably playing at the time a bit better than Mel, uh, and then I just got injured. So Is that I, when um, I never. Yeah, uh, Brian Dean scored a hat trick, I think, in that game, didn't he? No, 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 no. no that, that I, I one, was actually, it not? No, because uh, a lad called uh, Ford. Uh, I, I'd signed from we we both signed together for Burnley. He, he come in, he was made his debut, I think, for Leeds, and he scored a header uh, right late on in the first half. After us again, battering Leeds, and again we'll probably move on to the, the the Premier League season. We played well. We really, really played well in that Premier League season at times. We just yeah. just struggled to score, struggled to score, and, well, and, and 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 got beat. But uh, yeah, so <laughs> I, then the move was probably definitely then to centre off and when we when I moved when we moved into the Premier League. So you could you couldn't get it. Well, this would have been the end of me going to Roker basically this season. I was only ten, but you couldn't get a ticket in the prem because it was all season ticket holders. So all my experience of seeing Sunderland at Roker was basically a second tier club. And um, I think when I was going to these last few games, it would have been if they had this kids club, and you used to go and play a bit of five aside, and then you get tucked in the clock stand and stuff, and. Uh, I think I went in every part of the ground except the Roker end, um, but that was it. You just couldn't go in the Premier League. It was a shame for, I guess, for other, not obviously not just me, but the demand far outstripped the the capacity they'd let you have in in Roker. Yeah, it's, it's what the Premier League brings. It brings the best players in the world to Roker Park. Yeah, and yeah. that's what it did. And, and everyone wants it. We, we, especially we were just, this, yeah. yeah, especially this era. Well, yeah, this was when like. Burkamp and Zola yeah. and people like that were starting to sign for the clubs weren't there it was this little I mean the Premier League you know of course there was a Division 1 before the Premier League anyway which we always remind people but even mm. the earlier two or three years in the Premier League wasn't that glamorous really it was, it was around it was around, it was around 95, yeah. 96 where yeah. you really started it was, to see it was, it I mean it's be, funny about 
it's Perez, in the you think about Perez, that was, that was, I think maybe that's why there was a bit of novelty if you look at someone like Lionel Perez, where it was like, it's a for, this foreign <laughs> player, like, you know, we didn't have foreign players, like, mm. so we never signed foreign players, and then yeah. we signed this, like, foreign goalkeeper, and it's, he's got long hair and a goatee, and, <laughs> you know, he's eccentric, and it was like, oh, this is like, ex- and this exotic sort of, like, signing that we've made, and like, really... And, smoke, the, and smoked about 40 a day. <laughs> Did he? <But> look, <laughs> Aye. Oh, really? Who around that time? What? Who was the, the other foreign players in the team? It was probably only Jan Eriksson, oh. really, wasn't that? I don't think well, no, Kabitsky, of course. Uh, obviously, Darius. Yeah, yeah Darius Kabitsky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, we, had a, we had a lot of Irish people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we'll take our take our listeners back to the summer of 1996. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 